0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: A healthy Milwaukee Bucks team just might have won the title last year. They might be even better this year. We'll tell you why. Will we see Rob Gronkowski on the football field soon? And in Mike Leach, the college football world has lost a good deal of its character. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports you're locked on sports today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. It. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The Golden State Warriors won the 2021-2022 NBA title, but there were some fans who said, look, if the Bucs had had Chris Middleton, they would have, in fact, won the title. The two teams squared off last night. The Bucks, the better end of this one, 128-111, and there are two teams right now that... that are not playing, both like title contenders. The Bucks are. The Warriors not as much. Bucks 20 and 7. After this one, Warriors 14 and 14. Kane Pickman from locked on Bucks joins me now. And Kane, this was a, a, a big win without Drew Holiday. The Bucs were winning early in the season without Chris Middleton. What is it about them that makes them able to play at this level without their key guys? For the most part, they've been able to rely
2: on the defense. And that's what's kept them. In the majority of games throughout the season, and certainly allowed them to rack up these wins. They've been in the bottom half for offense all season long, which does point to tonight. You look at the 128 points against the Warriors team that certainly struggled with the size of Milwaukee. But yeah, certainly defensively, we've seen Brooke Lopez is probably, in my opinion, the leading contender for defensive player of the year. Yep. Then you have Giannis, and Holiday's been in and out of the lineup, but we know he's elite uh, defensively. So Uh, Defense first for the Bucs, but we know that there's plenty of upside on the other end of the floor.
1: For the Bucs, I I mentioned this idea that, oh, they could have won the title last year with Chris Middleton. They didn't have Chris Middleton. And so um, you have to be able to win some of these games without some of your best players. They've made some adjustments this year that might help them do it. They've changed their defensive structure, allowing far fewer threes. And that has helped them be one of the best defensive teams in the league. When they won the title two years ago. They also changed their defensive structure, switched a lot more, and showed a malleability that I don't think a lot of people thought Mike Budenholzer, the head coach, was capable of doing. What have you seen from some of the changes they've tried to make with their defense this year?
2: A lot more trust in Brook Lopez individually, Giannis individually, and certainly, again, the guys on the perimeter, Drew Holiday, and the addition Javon Carter we have to mention as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the past, this has been absolutely a team defense, and they still lean on those principles from time to time. But part of it is, if you've got Brook Lopez, one of the best rim protectors in the league, in the paint, you don't need to send two other guys to to players that are penetrating and try and get to the basket. Stick to the shooters, because at times we have seen the Bucs have been one or two passes away from the offense, uh, giving up wide open three-point attempts. Now, the funny thing tonight is the Warriors do get up 50 three-point attempts. (laughs) They're a little bit unique but I think we saw the urgency defensively was different for some players compared to what it was clearly Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and those three were eight for 24 from three. I think most nights, any team playing Golden State are going to take those numbers.
1: Yeah, that said, uh, they they were shot 40% the Warriors did in this game from three-point land, and and if you're going to go into a game and say the Warriors are going to shoot 40% from three, you think you're probably going to lose, and, and that is not the case for the Bucks in this one. So if... If if you're Milwaukee, how do you take that next step? Is it just as simple as Chris Middleton or is it Middleton plus defense? How do they how do they get back to the promised land?
2: Yeah, the defense is already, well, it's been number one for most of the season. The Cavs actually just overtook them a couple of days ago, but it's a top three defense. But as I mentioned, they've been around 18, 19, 20 for offensive efficiency. So that's clearly where you can improve. If you get that to top 10, there's no question you're a contender. If you top 10 on, on both ends of the floor with the elite defense they have, Chris Milton has to stay healthy. He's one of their best facilitators. He's one of their best offensive half-court players. And then they do have uh, Joe Ingles, who they believe is someone that's going to help with the pick-and-roll play, with the facilitation, and with the shooting. Because, Pete, you know this. The Milwaukee Bucks over the last few years, they have shooters, the guys that can shoot and are willing shooters, but they haven't shot well in the postseason at mm. all. And they think that adding, obviously, Chris Milton, but then Joe Ingalls Javon Carter is going to be in the rotation. I think those are the guys that can help them uh, take the next step offensively.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bucks on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up is Rob Gronkowski gearing up for a return. The future Hall of Famer discussed that and more. But first, one half of the World Cup final is set. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. A few NBA games have some interesting point spreads. Beginning with the Mavericks and Cavaliers, Bet Online favors Dallas at home, but only by two over Cleveland. The Kings head north to take on the Raptors. Bet Online likes Toronto at home by five. And the Clippers host the T Wolves. Bet Online likes the Clippers by six and a half. Bet Online where the game starts.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: After losing to Saudi Arabia in their first match of the World Cup, most people weren't sure Argentina would go far at all. Now they're one win away from hoisting the cup. Lionel Messi scored the game's first goal and added an assist on one of Julian Alvarez's two goals, Messi said after the win. To start in such a way in a World Cup was a blow. We did not think we would lose to Saudi Arabia. It was an acid test for this whole squad, but this squad proved how strong we are an acid test. What a metaphor. I love it. Messi was awarded the official man of the match award. He reserved special praise for Alvarez, though, who became only the second Argentina player to score four goals at the same World Cup while age 22 or under. That is incredible since Gonzalo Higuaín. The NFL Players Association has initiated an inquiry into why Monday night's game wasn't stopped when New England Patriots wide receiver Devontae Parker showed obvious concussion symptoms, according to an ESPN report on Tuesday. Parker was visibly wobbly after a hit in the first half and teammate Nelson Aguilar had to signal to the officials to stop the game and remove Parker before the next play. On Tuesday, Parker called out the NFL via his Instagram story, writing, get on y'all's job, NFL, and thanked Aguilar for being aware of of the situation earlier this season the NFLPA initiated a review after Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa was allowed to return to a September 25th game when he seemed to at least visibly look concussed clearly more progress is needed in handling possible concussion symptoms during a game the Boston Celtics were out west to do the thing that Boston fans love to do more than anything else beat LA
3: Celtics ran hot and cold, came out to a 20-point lead, blew it, and then came back in overtime. I'm John Corrales of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, and where do you start with a game like this? When the Celtics went up 20 in the third quarter, it felt like they relaxed. They're at the end of a long road trip, and it just looked like they said, okay, we've got this, and then started playing their worst basketball of the season. But then in the fourth quarter, the tables turned, and the Lakers started falling apart. They started getting tired and the Celtics were able to take advantage. This just came down to, honestly, who had the freshest legs at the very, very end. And I think it's just because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are a little younger that they were able to find something in reserve to pull this win out. I said before the game, I didn't care about the aesthetics, just find a way. Celtics found a way. And now they come out of this road trip four and two.
1: Alexander Ovechkin is still doing something he has done 799 times before. He
0: scored, he hits 800 on Tuesday night. Alex Ovechkin scores his 800th goal. Hi, this is Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals. Well, it was an historic night for the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin as he scores his 800th goal. It was a hat trick goal, a special night for Alex Ovechkin. He has now one goal short of tying Gordie Howe for second most in goals. And then next will be Wayne Gretzky at 894. It was a game that had a lot of offensive firepower by the Washington Capitals, which saw three goals from Ovechkin, a goal from Mantha, Dowd, Orloff, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Charlie Lindgren also had a great game. He saved 26 of 29. This is a Capitals team that has now won five games in a row as they take down the Blackhawks tonight by a score of 7-3. They they hope to keep the winning going as they take on the Dallas Stars on Thursday. Keep it locked to Locked On Capitals, and I will keep you updated on all the news with your Washington Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your team every day.
1: On the ice, there were a lot of goals, but the Vegas Golden Knights pulled out a win on the road against the Winnipeg
4: Jets. What's up, Vegas Golden Knights fans? The Golden Knights find a way to win in Winnipeg. Hey everybody, Chris Golick here, Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights win tonight 6-5. To what an effort by the injured, the hobbled, the beat-up Vegas Golden Knights going into Winnipeg, putting up a six spot. Five of those against one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, being Kyra Hellebuck. Was not the best game defensively that needs to be acknowledged, but given what the Golden Knights are going through right now, you find a way to put up five against Hellebuck, six total on the road, get out of there with two points in regulation while leading and trailing and everything in between. Awesome game. Folks, everything Locked on Vegas Golden Knights, please check out Locked on Vegas Golden Knights podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Your team every day.
5: Here is another story you need to know.
1: One of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Rob Gronkowski joined David Harrison on Locked on Bucks to talk about what retired life has in store for him and uh, whether he may return to the gridiron soon. Rob, uh, obviously you've been a busy, busy man
5: here in your second retirement, but how are you enjoying yourself the second time around?
6: Uh, Real good, man. I'm just staying busy, staying active. Um, You know, I love to stay active. I'm always competing. Uh, in opportunities like pickleball. Now I'm going versus my brothers. I do a cornhole versus my dad. Cause he's a, uh, you know, he's in his sixties now. He can't move that well. So cornhole is the best game that he's good at to compete. Uh, same with basketball shooting. And uh, he has this basketball game at his house. It's uh yeah. Papa shot. And he still hasn't beaten me and he has home court advantage every time. So I just love competing <laughs> in little games like that. Love staying active and uh, retirement's going well, man.
5: Bucks fans that are also veterans or military members. Uh, haven't been, you know, too happy with what they've seen from the Buccaneers. Obviously, the Buccaneers themselves haven't been completely happy with what they've seen out of themselves. Trying to put San Francisco behind them, finish off the year right with the Bengals and the Cardinals coming up before kicking off the new year against the Panthers. What have you seen in in this version of the Buccaneers team? I mean, obviously, you're only one season removed now, so you're very close to it. What is it you're seeing that's happening out there on the field?
6: Um, you know, um, I see a lot of skill. They definitely have a lot of skill on their team. Um I would say that someone needs to just step it up. The de- defense has been playing well majority of the year, but on offense, someone just needs to step it up. Say, I'm just going to take over this game. Um, mm-hmm. a, a receiver, uh, one of the running backs, just need to have uh, go out there, put up 150 plus yard games, put up a couple touchdowns, and uh, it'll just spread across. You know, it'll just you know, um, people will feel that energy um, if one of the players just goes out there and just puts up a massive game week in and week out. And it'll just trickle down. That's what I definitely feel like. I mean, they got a lot of, a lot of stars and one of them just needs to step up and just go off. And also, man, I would just say it's a tough, tough situation with the offensive line as well. I mean, they've yeah. had so many injuries there. You're rotating so many players in and out from the tackle guard position and uh, just having guys go down. I mean, that's where it starts. That's where a great football team starts. is definitely with yeah. the offensive line, but With so many injuries, so many guys, they just having um, together, just replacing them, rotating them. Um, I definitely would say that's definitely a a big challenge, and it makes it tough. You
5: know, I I like that answer, Rob. You know, accountability and challenging to to step it up, but also understanding of you know the context is the context. Circumstances are are real and impactful. So I appreciate uh, that that view of that answer. Um, Obviously, you had a lot of moments where people stepped up. You yourself stepped up with the New England Patriots before your days uh, with the Buccaneers. They've now got a winning record after defeating the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, on monday night what are your thoughts on that team and kind of what's going on the ac east i mean the the pats are down towards the bottom but everybody's got a winning record right now
6: yeah that's pretty wild i mean it's rare that you see that i mean it's it's a total difference from uh the buccaneers division everyone has a losing record and the bucks are in first place and that's that's what's scary is that the bucks are in first place with the losing record and they can get into the playoffs which they probably will i mean i really can't Mm. count them out not making the playoffs i mean i feel like they're going to take care of the business what they got to take care of in the next four games and uh, when when the division games to make sure they go to the playoffs and what's what's crazy about that is that they're a scary team even though you know they have a losing record right now they're a scary team going into the playoffs as well all it does is just all it all it takes is just turning it up a notch when it really really counts so they can definitely make a splash when they get to the playoffs and then you go over to the afc east my old team Uh, with the Patriots and it's wild because every single team in that division has a winning record so it's the total opposite of the Buccaneers division and uh, that division I mean I haven't seen that in quite some time even when I was there I mean it's usually us the Patriots with just a winning record and then maybe the Bills or Miami or something had a had an eight and eight record at the time they were sub you know 500 so that's how it usually usually was in the AFC East but no. It's pretty remarkable uh, remarkable to see everyone with a winning record.
5: Last question, Rob. When are you coming back?
6: Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I love the state of Florida, so I'm always back in Florida. But, you know, I'm happily retired. I'm, I'm yeah, happily, yeah. you know, retired with my fellow, fellow vets and uh, yes, my fellow old grandpas and grandmas that I hang out with in retirement homes.
5: There you go. Continue to enjoy that, yeah. Rob. Appreciate you.
6: Yes. Thank you, David. Go Wildcats. Go Bucks.
1: Stay up to date all here on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by subscribing to Locked on Sports Today and Locked on Bucks on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Mike Leach was one of a kind and will be missed by all of college football. Mississippi State football coach Mike Leach died Monday night after complications related to a heart condition the school announced. He was just 61 years old, as Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On Big 12, points out. College football mourns the loss of a truly special individual. We are going to obviously mourn Mike Leach, but um,
7: we should we should really celebrate this guy because I think in football a lot of times, and a lot of athletics too, there are a lot of people who are um, phony, insincere. Especially in college athletics, because you're selling something to, to kids, right? In the professional game, obviously you have to have camaraderie and stuff come together, but those guys are a bit older, right? The the, the athletes at least are a bit older and, and can kind of sniff out some insincere BS. And also they're professionals too. So the respect level, you know, and kind of the the operating level is a little bit different, right? Um, the camaraderie and what you have to build at the college level, because they're normally now that's changed a bit with COVID, but 18 to 23 year old kids typically uh, you have to build some camaraderie. You have to sell them on a dream, sell them on a vision. And I think there are a lot of people who do it similarly, right? I think there are some folks out there who are insincere about what they are talking about. And I think the one thing we consider Mike Leach is that um, there is none of that right? I mean, this guy was authentically himself. And um, that is, you know, that has come out throughout all the stories, right? Like, this guy was just so much different. You know, not not a little bit different than everybody else. This guy was so much different than everyone else. Yesterday, Gabe Eichard was telling us, um, I work with, played at Oklahoma, but he was recruited by Mike Leach. And he said that, you know, if Mike Leach called him, you'd have to consider whether you wanted to pick that up or not, because you might talk to him for an hour and none of it would be about football. Right. And uh, you know, Chris Plank, other host I work with told a story about getting Mike Leach on and spent 30 minutes with them on his radio show one time driving an RV across the country. Right. And would just, you know, was, was really willing to give his time. There are countless instances you can go to. And and, and I, I think Robbie Triano Who I work with in Sirius also put one up there a video of him, you know, talking and doing the weather Uh, one time at I think it was a Lubbock radio uh, television station, excuse me, where he's talking about mud and how much he loves the mud because the dust comes in and it rains mud when the rain comes down on top of the dust. Um, That is is who Mike Leach was. And, you know, when it comes to like the, because I think the, the person's the first thing that is authentic.
1: Let me just add this note on Mike Leach. It takes a special kind of person to be remembered both for their personality and their scheme and for both of those to be remembered fondly. It's one thing to just remember somebody. It's another to remember them fondly. Mike Leach was a character in college football, a beloved figure. And someone who not just beat reporters adored because he was a great quote and fans loved because he loved his teams. But we're talking about a guy who the film grinders loved, the tape heads would gush over and that other coaches would steal from constantly. To marry both of those things means you have a special place in the world of sports. Mike Leach has that space. And finally, Mississippi State will play in its January 2nd ReliQuest Bowl against Illinois. This according to Bulldogs Interim Athletic Director Bracky Brett. The players are 100% behind playing this bowl game and doing what Coach Leach would expect them to do, Brett said. We all know that's what Coach Leach would want and it's what we should do. Defensive Coordinator Zach Arnett was placed in charge of the program after Leach was taken to the hospital Sunday. Arnett will coach the Bulldogs in the bowl game Coach Arnett has made it clear that we're going to finish what we started and honor Coach Leach. That also, Brett, on Tuesday. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will we see some playoff upheaval this week in the NFL? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.